With less than a week to go before Nevada's Democratic Presidential Caucus, tens of thousands of registered Democrats have already hit the polls for the state's first-ever early vote. Structured like the rank-choice voting in Maine or some California cities, the early vote is supposed to make caucusing easier than ever. But in the shadow of a catastrophic caucus process in Iowa, all eyes are on Nevada and whether state party officials here can keep things running smoothly. I'm here with our multimedia editor, Joey Lovato, to talk about the first day of early voting. Joey, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. So you started the day with the entire Northern Nevada team up there in Reno. Tell me what you guys were doing. Yeah, so I got up at the, the crack of dawn and I met with our reporters Riley Snyder and Michelle Rundells, as well as photographer David Calvert. And we all met at the Democratic Party of Washoe County's office here um, in Reno, kind of by the airport. It's uh, 6 in the morning on Saturday. We're going to go uh, talk to some people that are going to early vote. <laughs> Very cold this morning. Good news for Americans quarantined on a cruise ship. They're getting evacuated as long as they don't have the coronavirus. Hey, David. Hi, Joey. How's it going? It's early. Morning, Michelle. Morning, Riley. You're gonna just leave us outside. Getting kicked out. Alrighty. Are you guys? Are you partying no. or a volunteer? Reporters. Reporters. So if you're a volunteer, you can probably go. Okay, I'm a volunteer. Now you're going to have to knock and yell at them, I think. Oh, I we see. We should get coffee, except I don't drink coffee. So. You don't drink coffee? I feel like we've had this discussion like 30 times that I don't drink you coffee. Drink I drink tea. So I was caught up at some candidate events in the, in the morning, so I didn't get around to an early vote site until the afternoon. But when I did get there, it was absolutely packed. All right, so I made it to Coronado High School, and uh, the lines are very long. It's about one in the afternoon here, and the lines are out the door, going inside, wrapping around a hallway, and then wrapping around another hallway, and then you get to caucus for early vote. Uh, wait time's about three hours right now. I talked to a couple voters who said that it's like being at Disneyland, though, maybe a little more important. Uh, all right, heading back to it. Yeah, so it sounds like you guys had some pretty long lines down there in Las Vegas. We had some pretty long lines up here in Reno as well. But how do you how do you feel that voting went in Las Vegas? So it really depended on the early voting site. So some places like some of the union halls or some random locations really had no lines at all. You know, they maybe had like three people as a 30 minute wait. You were in and out. Some places like most of the high schools, like the one that I was at, Coronado High School, you know, three-hour, four-hour waits because they were understaffed, undermanned, and they were being slowed down by the by the technology they were using there. Um, so actually, at, at Coronado, I talked to the site lead there, a woman named Jamie Shea, and she actually had to tell her volunteers not to use Google Forms to sign everyone in, like was the original plan uh, with this early vote process. And they went to a paper-only process, which she says sped things up. Very, very busy. Um, we had far more people show up than we expected and not a lot of volunteers. But throughout the day, the Democratic Party has been sending additional volunteers for us. Um, and we've been able to change some of our processes so that it's more streamlined. 
um, although keeping the same security measures in place so that we could get move people through faster. But everybody has been wonderful. The Democrats love waiting on the line and because they want to vote. Yeah, and while you talked to the site lead down there in Vegas, I also talked to the site lead up here in Reno, Doug Smithson, and uh, he got he got pretty emotional. He was pretty excited about the early vote. I'm actually the volunteer coordinator for Washoe County Democratic Party, but I'm the site lead here today for the Nevada Democratic Party, and we're running the first ever, first ever, kind of emotional, but yeah, democracy. You seem you seem a little emotional. What's why why do you feel so you feel oh, really strong? This is about great, that? right? Uh, you know, after Iowa, there was a lot of nervousness, and uh, so now, but you know, we was worried about you know are we even going to be able to do it? But it's happening. So I haven't voted yet. I'm going to wait till Tuesday, but it's going to be uh, my first choice will be uh, Elizabeth Warren, and then and then uh, Bernie Sanders. Tell me a little bit about how Iowa. I mean, was that? <coughs> You know what? Well, I, I remained calm because I, I really had uh, I have trust in, in the MV Dems. And you feel confident now after what you've seen in that room? Yeah, that's why I'm emotional. <laughs> so you feel like this is going to work? Oh, yeah. I think that we probably would have been okay with the app. They were doing, we've done a ton of training and we've put it through paces. We've, we've gone, we've done walkthroughs and it worked fine. But uh, then Iowa happened and we, we couldn't use them. So it's going to make it a harder process in tallying the early votes, but we'll get it done. So while we were waiting outside for early voting to get started, we ran into some of the first people to show up before uh, before voting even started, before the doors even opened. And uh, they were pretty excited. They were pretty excited to vote. They were the first two people in line, Michael and Haley Collins. Who are you out here? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I am supporting uh, Pete Buttigieg uh-huh. for president. And why is that? Have you been a longtime Pete supporter? Um, I would say, I mean, I've been interested, you know, ever since I think a CNN town hall. Um, he had a pretty good dig at Mike Pence. But I got more and more interested when I heard him talk about uniting Americans around policies that are broadly popular. Are you worried about what you're seeing, you know, with Bernie pulling ahead? Um, I mean, are, are you, are you, do you have fears that that's going to... Um, you know... This is the time in the primary, 2008, Obama-Clinton. It was rough. It was scorched-earth politics. So this is the time when everyone feels a little freaked out um, because the Democratic Party has this history of not being united. Um, you know, 2000, Ralph Nader, um, you know, 2016, we have some scars. Um, my view is it's all about the candidates. If the candidates um, do their part to unite around the nominee, I'm a lot less worried. Um, my, my view is I don't care who gets nominated. Um, I really, really want to uh, put somebody who's you know responsible and ethical in office. So while Michael was pretty confident in his uh, in his vote, he was wearing his Pete Buttigieg sticker and a pin. Um, his wife Haley, she was she was really interesting. She was a lot more conflicted than he was, and I found that she was one of the most fascinating people that I talked to the whole day. He's my husband, okay. so uh, there's been a lot of Pete influence in our household, sure. but I hold pretty strong uh, on my own values and beliefs. I think, um, you know, he's a 35-year-old white male with different experiences, and I am not a white male, so with, and I have different experiences with that. So it's been, I think for me, it's been a little bit of a struggle because I really wanted to, like, 
vote for Klobuchar and Warren, and then I continuously see like cracks in, in what they're presenting and their platforms. And that's a little disheartening for me, because I'm like, oh, come on, come on. At this point, you know, I my perception of Bernie at this point is, you know, while in the past I've been a Bernie supporter, I do feel like Bernie is kind of the counterpart to Trump, but with an actual moral ethical code in terms of he is fiery, right? So he brings that fire and that passion just from the liberals and the Democrats, right? And that's great and we need that. But then I question, do you fight fire with fire? Right, and what is that gonna look like? On one level, it could be really great because maybe that is the only way to doing it. But at the same time, I also know my own values and how I value diplomacy. And to me, that it stems from, I'm gonna say basically good communication and trying to work with other people where I don't think that in at least the platform that Bernie is espousing at this point, it, it's not necessarily working with others in the same way. Now, granted, I don't know if you can really compare him to Trump entirely in that sense, but I don't get the sense that diplomacy is the highest on his radar. I think, I mean, he obviously has a track record of it, but I get the sense that he's really trying to stir people up and maybe that's what we need and that's great. You, you sound pretty conflicted then about a lot of the candidates. I think a lot of people are, right? Yeah, and I think it comes down to, right, like, again, we were debating this morning, you know, do you, when you have five choices, five options in the caucus, do you think about the delegates? Like who you want to just potentially win and who could who could potentially win? Or do you, do you vote on your own passion and your own values? So I will probably be leading first with who I think is going to be the best candidate based on who I am and what I believe in, which is Pete at this point, which I'm shocked to say because I thought I was gonna be like Warren or really Warren was my first choice for quite a while. Yeah, who are your next candidates down if, if Pete doesn't get the Yeah, and this is tricky. This is where it gets into like the delegate piece, right? And so because I know so many people are into Bernie, then I go into, oh, I just want to beat Trump. <laughs> Give me anyone who will beat Trump, right? And, um, and then I land on, well, likelihood is Bernie, right? So Pete is, is me, my values. And then the next one's going to be Bernie, and then the next one would be Klobuchar, because, again, she's a moderate. She can bring the country together in a different way, so she has a little bit of a chance. Um, so we'll see what happens in the coming states as we get more and more diverse states that actually participate in the caucus and, and the Super Tuesday. Yes, you can hear a lot of conflict in her voice. She just really wasn't sure who she was going to vote for. And I found that with a lot of people, it was really interesting because I would say that 75% of the people I was talking to would tell me that they were going to vote, oh, I'll vote for Bernie, and then my second choice is Biden. Or, oh, I'll vote for Pete, and then my second choice is Warren. Or, or, or I'll do Bernie, and then Pete, and then Warren, and then Klobuchar. And so there was no one really voting. At least there were some people, but... I would say a lot of people, they weren't voting on if they were a moderate or if they were a more left-leaning candidate, but they were just voting on who they felt that could really beat Trump, and that was what most of them were telling me. Did you find that in Vegas? Yeah, I, th- I think there was a lot of that, um, at least at the polling place I was at. And I think a function of why people felt like that is a little bit um, the way the, the early vote was structured, because it was a ranked choice, right? You had up to five choices you could make, and you had to make three in order for your ballot to count. And so people really had to start reckoning with like, okay, who really is my second choice? Who really is my third choice? And once you start getting down there, I mean, people really stop being ideological about this kind of thing. And they, you're right, a lot, a lot of what came up in my conversation with voters was electability. So what were the numbers that you were seeing overall? What were the what were the big trends that you were seeing for the day? 
So at some of the polling locations, I mean, part of the reason that there was this sort of chaos with the check-in process was because there were so many voters. Um, we found out from the the party announced uh, at about 5 p.m. on Saturday that uh, something like 1,100 plus voters had had caucused, which was a big number. Everyone was like, wow, that's that's quite a bit, but hard to tell without more context. Well, they announced um, today when we're recording this on Sunday that actually the total number of people who caucused on that first day was over 18,000, which for reference, in 2016, 80,000 people caucused total. And so uh, that almost a quarter of that would would turn up on the first day of early voting is interesting. Now, it remains to be seen whether or not those voters are, you know, adding to the total, right? Are they cumulative or are they subtracting from people who would have caucused on next Saturday anyways? So we just don't know yet. Another thing that I was asking people was if they were confident in their vote, right? If they were confident that what they were putting in was going to go through the process, especially after Iowa. And so I found a flight attendant, Kelly Kryzak, and she told me how she was feeling about her vote. Just with the, like this process, like, do you have full confidence like no. when you cast your ballot? No, I don't have full confidence. I think it's interesting that Bernie's on the very last line of the last page. I mean, they're, they're doing what they want, but the people are speaking. So I hope that they don't take away our voice. Mm-hmm. Um, after Iowa, did you have concerns about Nevada's caucus system at all? Or? Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I just, I, I'm not confident at all. I'm, you know, I'm only a registered Democrat to vote for Bernie. So. so as you can hear, she was just, she really was not sure about, about if her vote was going to work or not. But, you know, I watched her stand in line for an hour and a half. Obviously, she cared about her, her vote enough to wait an hour and a half to get it, to get her vote in. And yeah, so I talked to so many people who were just unsure on who they were going to vote for. But, you know, I did talk to some people who were actually pretty confident who they were going to vote for. One of those was Michael Siva, a home stager here in Reno. I've kind of been on the early Biden train, so I'm going to stick with Biden. Um, You know, he was one of the first people that came out for gay marriage and, you know, being part of the LGBTQ community, I felt that was important to show my support for him. And um, I think that, uh, you know, I'm more of a middle of the road kind of uh, Democrat. And I think that's what we need to kind of go back to somewhat of normalcy with Trump pulling us so far to the right. I think a lot of the candidates are, um, they just come off a little too extreme. I also talked to another guy there and he didn't want to give me his name, but he was also pretty excited about voting and the early vote. Tom Steyer, Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, um, Bernie Sanders, and... Yeah, my, my opinion for Steyer is um, a lot of it is more because I've just seen more about him. I know more about the candidate. His opinions on certain things like um, climate change and the, just the planet and the fact that he is openly and aggressively um, showing concern for that. That's something that I personally care a lot about, and I like seeing that it's getting attention to it. And you, you said you didn't you didn't really see much from other candidates here. It's just, um, I think it's more that he just did a, a good job saturating the market with his ads. And Others, though, were just really not sure who they were going to vote for. Uh, Gina Russo works at the University of Nevada, Reno, and she was a really good example of someone who wasn't really sure who they were going to go in voting for when they went in, and she had an idea who she wanted to vote for, and then she actually ended up changing her mind. I think Elizabeth Warren will be my first choice. You think? Yeah. You know, you never know until you're really in there. (laughs) That's the idea. (laughs) A lot of people have seemed kind of apprehensive, you know, undecided, it seems. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's a big 
uh, pool to choose from. And for me, there's no one outstanding, absolutely perfect candidate for sure. And really all that matters to me is that we beat Trump at the end of the day. Anyone would be terrific. I do like her policies. I think there's a little bit of confusion about her health care policy because I think she said one thing and then she backed it up. And she backtracked a little bit and she's she's actually modified it. And I don't think people have all gotten that memo. Um, so I do like her policies. I think she's sharp. I think she knows what she's doing. I think she has a lot of energy. Um, and I think she would take us in another direction we need to go. Who are your next couple choices? Yeah, so I think I'm going to go with Amy Klobuchar, maybe second. <sighs> or maybe Poot Buttigieg. I think that's my order. Yeah. You did. You decided to switch it up. I did. After an hour and 15 minutes of talking to other people, I switched it up. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like you made some friends in line. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was an hour and 15 minutes, and we decided to make the best of it. So we were chatting with all of our peeps in there, and I switched it up in the end. What did you, who did you end up voting for? I ended up picking Pete number one. And you were gonna, originally going to do Warren? Yeah. And, and I, did you did you put Warren? Where did you put third. Warren? Third. So I still did um, Amy second. Okay. I just switched it up. Or Yeah. Yep. Did so you were you were you convinced by one of your fellow line Yeah, there were writers? several people who were right around us who really thought she wasn't electable and really thought she would get crushed in the general and really felt like we needed to go more moderate. And I thought, gosh, you know, what what a coincidence these people that are just right around me and they were really well informed and um, we really had a nice time chatting with them for an hour and 15 minutes. So I was like, "Oh, maybe they're right." Oh, yeah. So I just switched it up. You know, this wasn't a caucus, but you there, there's kind of this environment where people are trying to convince each other yeah. one way or another. Do you feel like that process went well and you kind of enjoyed everything about it? Yeah, and I don't think it was like we were trying. We were just kind of bored after the first 15 or 20 minutes. And then we decided, okay, let's see what other people are thinking and let's chat with other people. So it was really fun and really interesting and really informative. And I think... Um, it's just interesting to hear, you know, what the person next to me thought, but what her conservative boss thought and what her conservative boss, who's a Republican, who voted for Trump last time, wants this time. So it's like, those are the kind of people we need to move. Because, like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to vote Dem all the time, no question. And so the question is, those people, who can we move over? And so she really got me thinking about that. And I was like, okay, she seems to know more people in that world than I do. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was fun and it was good. And I don't think we were trying to convince each other. We were just trying to learn more and we did. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And um, do you feel like the actual process of like going in, early voting, everything went smoothly and had no problems? I mean, it was a long line, but besides, it was kind of a long wait. I was hoping for something a little faster, but yeah, it was super smooth and they've got it all sorted out. Like once you get in there, it's super, f- I mean, I was in there for probably three minutes. Okay. That's interesting because I mean, at the caucus site that I was at, there, there were, you know, as many people who were unsure about who they were going to caucus for, at least what order they were going to put them in, there were plenty of people who were very sure of who their first choice was at the very minimum. I think it's been that kind of primary so far. But by the time this is published, Joey, two days of early voting are going to be done and dusted, and a third is going to be well underway. So after that, things are going to come by incredibly quickly. We've got a debate on Wednesday, a debate, by the way, that we are co-hosting and our intrepid editor, John Rawlson, is going to be one of the moderators for. After that, we've got all kinds of campaigning on Thursday and Friday. And then finally, on Saturday, we're going to get to the caucus itself. It's going to be a heck of a week, Joey. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a a long week, uh, but we are ready and willing to report on all facets of the early vote and the caucus. But I, I think it's really always interesting to talk to voters. I love talking to voters. I think I always learn a lot, and they really open my eyes to uh, what's kind of going on during the election. That it does. All right. Well, thanks, Jacob. Well, thank you, Joey.